This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey guys, I got a quick note to add here before we get started, kind of on the serious side. Uh, and that is uh, our drummer in Emory, Dave, he, his daughter uh, was burned by a pot of boiling water recently and is in the hospital getting some skin grafts and surgery. So the, Dave has four kids. This is his oldest daughter. And uh, it's tough for them. They're in the hospital. And I was thinking maybe we could get them a few gift cards and meal delivery. So I set something up for them. If anybody's inclined to want to help them out, uh, I think they would appreciate it. I'm going to put a link on Twitter and Facebook, on Bad Christians Twitter and Facebook, so you can get the details if you want to send them some Starbucks, Chipotle, meals, meal delivery around the area. They're going to be there about two weeks with her. A very sad uh, thing, but we'll try and take care of Dave and let him know that we love him and that we're praying for him. Uh, and then one more note, this that's a little uh, good news, and that's the Emory Acoustic. Next week, we're going to be in the Northeast. Hadn't been there in a while. We're going to be in Boston, New York City, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. That's next week, next weekend, the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. Go to emoryacoustic.com. There's still tickets left for that, and uh, excited to see everybody there. All right, enjoy this episode. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for your razors, guys and gals. For just $15, get a razor moisturizing shave cream and three razor blades. Right now, visit harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And use the promo code BCPI to save $5 off your first order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, you miserable little snobs? Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. I'm Matt, and this is BC Pod Live. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We're coming to you live. This is our new format. We're going to do it every week. So see if we can get this worked out. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. If you're new, it's a fan-funded, fan-powered show where we talk about faith, alternative ideas, free thought, and music, stuff like that. Tonight, we're going to have Matt and Matt from Reliant K on the show. That's Matt Hoops and Matt Thiessen. Uh, we're, uh, those are guys we've known forever. We've toured with them. We've done festivals with them. They also have been a band for over a decade. Great guys. Looking forward hey, to Matt, catching up. Tell, tell us more. Boring. Almost there, Toby. It'll be your turn in a second. Um, uh, this is Toby. My, this is my mate, Toby. He's in Nashville. And if you're asking about Joey, we're doing the episode tonight without Joey. It's his 14th wedding anniversary. He's eating supper at California Dreaming, and he's not going to join us tonight. <laughs> so we're going to be taking listener calls. So pay attention to that. Something new we're going to try out this week. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, let this music finish, Toby. And then we'll do a beatbox, and I'll back you up. Sound good? You're going to get my back? All right. Hey, I timed that out pretty good. Three, two, one. Matt, drop some knowledge on them. Bonk, 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 Wow. Welcome to the show. We made ne- it all the way through a real intro. We did it. I never thought Joey was that valuable, but he 
his beatboxing is totally valuable. <laughs> Maybe he's a musician really at heart. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I never thought that. It's really funny. I actually uh, went up and worked on uh, Devin's record this week. Um, so well, Devin don't has skip a, over that. So you, Devin's doing what and you're doing what? Tell me about that. So Devin has a solo record that he has been working on and writing, and uh, uh, he needs a little help. He, you know, need just some, I guess, basically some different ideas. And uh, is there a, got, a title for such a role as helper? Is it just helper? Is that how you'll be credited? I might be considered a producer. Huh? I, I I might be there at at producing and maybe a little lyric writing and a little, you know, uh, creation, creative talent. Uh-huh. Added on, but uh, so I, I I went up to Devin's in our in our old uh, white van, our old uh, Emory van that we've had forever, and uh, got up there and Devin's wife Megan fixed a big nice uh, chicken cordon bleu, mm-hmm. and you know that that's not uh, low carb. And they were like, oh, we're sorry, but I was like, oh, I'll try it anyway. And I I actually never had that before. Have you had chicken cordon bleu? But it has ham and chicken and it's bread cheese. I imagine. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It was pretty damn good. It was good anyway. So I get there. I'm like, Devin has like a, you know, just a really giant house in the middle of nowhere. Like 3,600 yeah. square feet yeah. or something full, like that. Full basement, yeah. like theater room, yeah. everything possible. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm like, no kids. I'm just going to work on music. This is going to be a nice like two or three days here. I'm, I'm really excited. So we go down the steps and Devin goes, well, one thing, uh, it's kind of weird. We got these bugs. And I was like, bugs? Oh, no. He said, yeah. I said, what are they? He said, well, we thought they were fleas, but we think there's moisture getting in. So we're trying to, he said, I sprayed. And I, you know, I haven't seen them in a couple of days, so I think it's all right. I said, well, do they bite or what? He goes, they're annoying. <laughs> I was like, annoying? What does that annoying mean? Annoying bugs. Yeah, just annoying bugs. He said, well, they jump on you. I was like, great. So. Sounds like fleas. I, here's the thing. I never talked to Devin about it because I was like, well, you know, but I felt like I felt the bugs, but I couldn't tell if it was, you know, when something gets in your mind and then you're like, are itching, yeah. You know, somebody it, like I'm itchy, and then you're like, oh, I'm kind of itchy too. But it's just some. I I cannot tell if it's a if it was just that or not. Psychosomatic I, might be the term for it. Yeah, but I mean, I'll go into it a little bit more later. But I do have a rash now on my on my arms. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to go by like I thought it was like poison ivy or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't think Devin's house caused me to break out. But anyway, so we worked on the music, and it was really fun, man. Like I'm, I feel like that is. Like it is my skill to hear somebody's song kind of written out and then improve upon it. Like that yep. is a, I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything like that is just a, a thing that I can do. It makes me feel great when I can do that. Like I actually feel really good when I'm like working on Devin's songs, I would listen and I would go, okay, I think this is great, but what if we tried this and what if we improved here? And I just, I felt like I had the best attitude towards the music. And it, I mean, first of all, it's Devin, great songwriter. The album is going to be really kick ass. But it was just so fun to get to do that. I was just, yep. I was so happy. Anyway, so I had a great several days. I tried to call you and you didn't answer. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't answer. I'm on the way home, and the most unbelievable, horrific sound is coming from the van. About mm-hmm. an hour from Devin's and four hours from my house. Right. Uh huh. I called. I was like, I don't know what to do. This is unbelievable. So wh- here's what happened. All of a sudden, when I would hit the gas, when I pushed the gas pedal down, it would go. Ah! Like that, like unbelievable. And I, I had my headphones in and heard it yep. through my headphones. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, crap. So I would let off the gas. And when, as, if I just didn't go above like a certain speed limit, like 65 miles an hour, say, uh, it would just not really happen. It, yeah, it happened for I'd back off and then I'd slowly push Was the it back van. Up. Okay. 
Well, I drove that way for an hour and then I got out and uh, tried to look at everything. Didn't see anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Get back in the car, start driving again. I hear it again. This time I notice the overdrive light is flashing on the, you know, it's like an overdrive. Mm -hmm. I do. I pushed, it was just flashing, but when I pushed it, nothing happened, but I could tell that it switched gears. I don't know what an overdrive is. I don't, I've never understood. It's gear. Okay. So on an automatic I, transmission, I guess when I pushed it on or off, the noise went away. So that's where I was. So I figured it out, but it now still, when you make the, now when you crank it, it sounds weird. And the overdrive is definitely effed. So well, I don't know what, what that actually means. I was petrified. I was driving for an hour. This thing, I'm going to be broken down. I'm not going to get home. This is miserable. It's a living nightmare. Matt won't answer. He's probably with his family, loving life. And here I am completely alone, 40 years old doing Emory stuff, which is still shocking to me. Well, I'm glad you worked with Devin. So he did a few songs with Chad Gardner and doing a, a bunch of songs with you. And then I'm going to get involved here at some point and start right. putting this stuff down on tape. So I can't wait to hear how the whole thing turns out. I haven't even listened to this, the work you did yet, but I'm excited about it. Was it fun hanging out with Devin and all that, though? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we cut up a bunch. In fact, I think I have a video. If we can show it, what's really funny. Can we fun, do that now? We're doing video? Yeah, let can me Can we set- roll video, guys? So you got a clip of Devin. Yeah, so let me set this up, though, like the real okay. talk show, okay? So Devin and I are a little older now. So we'd been working all day, but this was probably, I want to say like 8.53 p.m. And this is Devin <laughs> trying to play the guitar. He looks so old and tired. Like all he's doing is playing the bass or, or the guitar, but play it. Is it rolling? <laughs> <laughs> Dev, I showed That's that. not what people have in mind when they think. My favorite rock band in the studio. Emory. Right? I know, but this, it, just Devin just kind of, there was minutes of that footage. I, I, I whittled it down to that. But it's just so funny just thinking these two old men are in a basement, potentially with bugs, with bugs being annoying, and they are exhausted. Like, yeah. we went to bed seconds after I filmed, I filmed that. It was unbelievable. So it's always fun hanging out with Devin, and we got a ton of new ideas, too. Here's what's really cool. You put us in the room together. It happens with, with me, you, and Devin, and, and I, I, I mean, it really does. There's just we are just idea machines, and it's really good because when we're together, we can probably accomplish those. Like me by myself, I have a million ideas a day, yep. and most likely none of them are going to happen. But um, when I'm in the room with somebody, it really does. So we have a some serious musical ideas for uh, Devin and I came up with a bunch, like basically what the future of Emory is going to be like. I can't uh, wait. To be clued in on what that's going to be. Uh, let me give you a, another teaser. The future and the past. Okay. So does it involve time travel? Emory Generations. Is there, is there wormholes involved? Yeah, well, maybe. Okay. It, it could be. But anyway, but I am glad to be back back with my family. I do have some kind of weird rash. I don't know what it is. I, it's kind of a little scary. I always think anything is probably the, the mm-hmm. end of me. I will be dead. But uh I am now fully, here's what's awesome. You, our listeners have heard about Bunda before. Bunda's been working with us forever. Awesome dude. He moved away from, I moved to Franklin. He immediately moved from Franklin to yep. back, back to Michigan, back to which Michigan. is really sad. But he couldn't get his barbecue, his grill, two-month-old barbecue grill, charcoal grill, in. So he gave it to me, and I was able to seriously charcoal grill, which I have never really done that much. I've always done uh, mm-hmm. fuel, um, propane. but um. And I cooked the hell out of some chicken the other night. Jess did this amazing marinade. And then I just, I mean, it was so awesome, too, because the grill, I guess, is pretty nice. It cooked so evenly. Like, some of the chicken was really thin, but I was able to, I mean, it was just so tender on the inside. Like, it felt like, there is some stuff where I feel like I am 
a man. I am raw. This is like I could make it if the grid goes, if, you know, there isn't a Publix grocery store or whatever, I'm going to be all right. I, and those, those are those times. Like if you're just drinking an alcoholic beverage and cooking meat, there is something so innate, raw, and human in that that I feel like, I don't know, like a god. <laughs> <laughs> a, a man god. A god a man. man god. I mean, there's God, and then there's me grilling meat. Yeah. And that's the way it felt. And if it, you and have I, a, a beer. Now, here's the only thing. You're going to be disappointed in this. I've really been wanting to get a really nice – you have a nice ther- thermometer, a thermo- I guess it's a thermometer, where you, you put it in the meat, and you can uh, attach it to the grate. Well, I didn't have that, and Jess wanted one, so we got a really bad Target one. Well, that's that was okay. Like, You'll have like to get a better dollar. one later. So, yeah. So, I want to get one of those pins, whatever, the yeah, instant uh, pins. Inst- those uh, instant read, thermopin, or whatever you would I, I can see why that's did. so worth it because yeah. I had to hold mine in forever. My hand felt like it was going to melt because yeah. of the heat and it, you know, trying to check. Because chicken, what, has to get like to 170 degree, 160 is where I take chicken off. 165 is technically, but it, it goes Maybe up a little, little bit. Plus. It goes yeah. up a little bit after you take it off, but I take it off about 160 if I'm doing chicken. Um, I, It's not barbecue month anymore, and I'm not rolling official science segment but i will now that you have a charcoal grill right i will take any questions you have on grilling well i think the big thing for me is i'm a little intimidated i don't know why and i guess my question is should i be intimidated this was fillets so it's like you know and and chicken breasts like it's some of a little thicker like chicken tenderloins whatever i'm a little intimidated to cook on the bone is there any real difference with cooking like chicken on the bone it tastes way better because it's usually no, no, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, bone like, and, you know. like health or safety wise, like, no, does it's still an internal difference? temperature issue. It's, it's, you know, you have to find the thickest part of the meat without touching the bone because the bone can conduct heat. So if you stick the pin all the way in to that and it's touching the bone, you might get it hotter than it really is because the bone's conducting heat from the outside through. So you're getting you're, when you put the thermometer in, you're looking in the thickest part of the meat that would be the coldest. You're looking for the coldest temperature you can find, essentially. And you can try a bunch of different times until you find the coldest temperature spot. And then you got to wait till that's about 160 on chicken, 130 or so on uh, 125, 130 on medium rare steak, etc. So I'm, next- I'm loving it, though. We, we uh, Jess, I wasn't home yet, so she baked some uh, wings, though. And my kids, four and six years old, love chicken wings now on the bone. They that's love great. it. I know. That's great. I, and they were even like gnawing the bone. I was like, "Ooh, they're getting the marrow." I was so happy. I was so proud. It was awesome. But uh, you know, I'm glad but, everything's but, going good for you, my family, and my life. Yeah, fall, what about your wife? And falling kid? apart. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> what a complete disaster and nightmare. I mean, y'all are are y'all? I mean, health or wealth or what? Uh, oh, every, you name it. Well, first oh, of God. all, first of all, I mean, can you can't? So we have another kid on the way. That's one thing. So that adds to everything. But just. I know you have three kids, but you can't right. imagine what it's like having a short sure little brown person running around throwing tantrums and just being unbelievable, believably terrible, terrible acting. Georgia's just getting that bad. What? Terrible no, no, no. Tubes. Bridget. I'm talking about Bridget. Oh. <laughs> Georgia's fine. It's, Georgia's doing great. Yeah, right? it's awesome. Right. Bridget. What, because she's pregnant? She's just miserable? No. Well, no, I'm, I was, I'm teasing. Bridget is terrible, but Georgia's <laughs> really terrible right now. Um, Georgia, Georgia is at a zoo camp right now, and I, I promise you, I do not know what to do. She is so strong-willed, and she will not listen, and she's so independent, and so right. there's a, I, I want to say she's smart or whatever. It's not that. She's just so strong 
Like right. she's a mental adversary and she knows how to, it's, it's just really tough. But she got in trouble at school yesterday and the teacher told me, and then I went back today and we had talked about it and everything. And she got in trouble again and, and got literally uh, three strikes and sent to uh, the office. Oh, by, by her school, like after yesterday when they warned her and everything. So what, like she's what she literally do? getting in trouble for, well, she's at a zoo camp and she's climbing on the cages and stuff <laughs> and they, she won't stop if, or she'll run off from the group and she just doesn't listen when adults tell her stuff. So we're going to see here like in a gorilla cage being like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she'll be the next one on the news, but I'm just saying she, she just doesn't listen. And I don't, I mean, I would like to be, I don't know what to do. Yell or scream or, or, or something. I don't know what, I don't know how to. Like, I literally can't get her to, I don't have any technique for getting her to listen to what I'm, we're adults. She doesn't have any, she doesn't think of adults as any different than, she just doesn't respect adults at all. She doesn't yeah, listen I mean, to what they say. I mean, I mean, I know it's my fault. I get it. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what I was about to say. It is 100% I know it. you and Bridget's fault. I'm I mean, this sure is, it is. This is the kid you want. I mean, it, it doesn't work out in these situations. <laughs> This is the kid that y'all want. You like Ooh, this. I like it. If, if she didn't really get me. in trouble and it didn't, buy, if, if everybody's like, ah, it's fine, you would be so well, happy. No, I mean, it's the same way at home, though. It's like, I just can't, I don't know if I should grab her and shake her or yell. I don't know what else to do to get her to, I'm an adult. You have to listen to me. She right. doesn't believe that is true. Well, I just we don't know I what mean, to do. It's very similar with Ike, where he does not listen, and he'll like mess with Maybell. Maybell will grunt, will say, hey, you can't mess with Maybell around her food or whatever. And we realize, I mean, a spanking just doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. But it separation and taking things away really does. Yep. And you have to be really consistent. I mean, yeah, that's consistency just it. I mean, thing. I mean, it's just hard for me. I know my parenting philosophy is different than other people, and I just, I hate the idea of breaking her spirit. You know, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to encourage just your conformity. You have to listen. But why to don't every you want to do that? What that isn't that just some kind of ideologue thing that sounds nice? I don't want to break your spirit because one day it can really. It's, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you need your spirit broken. Yeah, I like guess you so. actually. Well, do. that's what I'm saying. I mean, just she's three, and I'm just we're just up against this. Like I've got to get her to realize adults are in charge, no matter what. Like I've got to figure that out, but it's yeah. it's been really it's actually been pretty hard. Plus, the new baby's coming. Our house is tiny. We've got seven hundred ninety square feet, and we're switching <laughs> bedrooms with Georgia so that oh, Georgia wow. and the baby will have our bedroom, which is the, the big room. room. So we're in yeah. the middle of that. that and I was sense. I was looking through. I've got a, I've got a photo, a couple of photos too. I thought people might think this is interesting since we're uh, now we have some technology and some help to show some visuals and stuff like that. I just got a new pair of shoes, and we're moving our closets. And so it reminded me that I was proud of the fact of how little clothing I have. Um, when we moved out of our old house, I made sure to just, you know, I wear the same thing every day. This is me. I wear the same thing right. every single day. And I literally have not very many clothes at all. So, uh, Reva, show that picture of the clothes. There's a photo coming up right now. That is all the clothes that I own. <laughs> that was when we moved out of our old house when we moved into here. That's it. I don't own any more clothes than that. That's every hat, shirt, scarf, coat, pair of pants, underwear, and socks that I own is right there in that pile that you're looking at right there. I like to keep it simple. And I have a section of about nine inches in Bridget's closet where my hanging clothes are. And we went to a wedding, and I had to find some stuff in there. I hadn't opened that in months. It had been months since I'd even seen that section of the closet. So we share a tiny closet, but we're going down to George's closet, which is even smaller. And I got a, a new pair of shoes the other day. This is just to tell people that I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I hate 
clothes and thinking about clothes so much that I found a pair of shoes online. I told Bridget, find me some shoes because she said Nordstrom's having a sale. So I found these Asics uh, or Tigers or whatever they are. And I said, those look good. And she said, they're on sale for like 45 bucks or whatever. I said, well, get two pair. So there's my, you see a couple of the hats that I have and a couple <laughs> of the shoes I have. That's it. So I just went ahead and bought two pair of the same shoes. So Because when I, I wear them every day until they get a hold right. of them, and then I'm just going to switch to the other pair. So I thought it'd be interesting to show a couple <laughs> pictures of that. But that's where I'm at, and that's where my life is at. So. Well, when you live like that, do you ever consider it, like, is that a comfort choice? It's a total or, comfort choice. But, I mean, does your clothes, do you buy clothes, like, that actually feel good? Like, you feel like, I look good and feel good in that. Like, that, that, like I actually am really affected by that. You know me. I'll try on, I'll put on three pairs of pants, and they'll all be laying on the floor. And then the fourth one feels right, and uh, then I have to go to the shirts. I, I, you know, I... I wouldn't you, care. You if, just put on your pants no matter what, right? You find a pair. I like these, and that's it. That you always like them, no matter what. You don't ever feel I, I don't fat or any, chubby. Or, I don't have any thoughts. Well, first of all, I'm not a visual person. I'm not a visual thinker. Right. I don't care at all. The only reason I don't look horrible is because I've figured out how to look to blend in and not draw tons of attention to myself. I right. don't want to be noticed for my clothes, and right. I don't care about clothes at, at all. I just I yeah. couldn't care about them less. So. To not have to worry about, it. I'm so insecure. Right. If I had to choose a color to wear or a button-up shirt, does it fit or not? I, I have no clue, so I don't yep. want to deal with that. You know, so I just go with what what works. But to not have to think about it is kind of where I'm. Where yeah, I'm you're at on you're that. so much of a chameleon. Like when you passed out last week, the people didn't even see you for like 30 minutes. I know it was just a black, it was dark. <laughs> yeah, I was just wearing black. You just sleeping. Like, is that some weird carpet rolled up on the ground there? That's showbread. They're cool, man. <laughs> How did that work? Were we able to show our video and our photos? People could see them. That is all. Hey, y'all got a mic too, by the way. You can talk out loud, people wow. here at this table. Um, do oh, so. We're gonna try listener calls. That's the next thing I wanted to try for this podcast. Yeah. Here, do we have any listeners called in on ready to go on Blab here? Yes. Okay. And this is Brad Pitt. Is that what he said? We got Brad. Brad Pitt. Brad who? Awesome. Brad, are you on the line? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah, hey Brad. Yeah, Brad, you're yeah. on you're on BC Pod Live. What's going on? Not much, guys. How you doing? You got a question, Brad? Yeah, I do. <laughs> doing good, bud. We're doing good. <laughs> um, yeah, since I mean I've been a fan of Emery forever and I really love music he's making lyrics and stuff, and and I uh, am a musician as well. And um I had uh, a you. member of my band pass away um about two months ago. And so we've kind of been in the phase of putting ourselves back together and trying to figure out what to do. And so we've kind of decided to move forward um, as a band and write new music and record a new album and, and just kind of do it sort of in his honor. Um, but my question, what happened, what happened to him? Oh, he passed away in a car accident. He was 21. I'm sorry to hear that. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, okay. So you're in a band, y'all are doing stuff. Tell us about your band. What, uh, uh, what is the, you guys a local band? What's the name of it? Yeah, we're, we're pretty local uh, at the moment. Our, our band's called Corner Gospel Explosion. And it's not nearly as cheesy as you would imagine. <laughs> Are you sure? I, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you could find out if you wanted to. That sounds like some great publicity. But um, um, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're local out of Bend. Um, indie rock, I guess. So what was he, what did he do in your band? He was like a keyboard player, synth player. I'm sorry they died. And so, so what's the what's the question? What's the dilemma uh, regarding that? I mean, obviously there's a lot to think about there, but what's the specific question here? Right. Um, so the the question would be um, like, where is that line between 
um, you know, just being honest and open about your music or about your, your life and situations and, um, you know, sort of seeming like you're taking advantage of the situation or, or being like, woe is me, um, that sort of thing. So you're saying you're worried that you talking about it or continuing or writing music about it will seem like you're the kid in high school that's trying to pretend, you know, over-dramatize somebody or, or something, like you're trying to get attention out of it? You're worried you'll be perceived that way? Yeah, like like that we are, um, you know, just, just sort of taking advantage and being, uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry guys, I'm just kind of starstruck. No, it's all right. <laughs> that's all right have anybody has anybody accused you of that or mentioned that i mean where are you getting that well like why wouldn't that be uh i mean if toby died uh let's say that's not a good example if i died i imagine toby'd write songs about it for instance and i imagine he would talk about it but where and and i don't think that would be weird so where are you getting from the either the insecurity or the perceived uh notion that that you would be taking advantage of it at all well i guess from where we are we're pretty local and we kind of worked our way up um we're working our way up and like getting out of the local music scene and, and starting to tour. And um, I worry about being like, Oh yeah, we're that band that had a member die. And that becomes sort of our, like the thing, thing that people know about us and that could like catapult, catapult us to being, yeah. you know, uh, like moving on to the next level. And I, I don't really want that. I'd rather that we, you know, yeah, I would. It's kind of out of your hands. Like, no matter what, some people are going to know you as that, especially in the, your local scene. Like, you're, you're not going to avoid that, and and that's okay. Like, I mean, when you write lyrics like that, if if you're writing it because you're trying to like uh, un- understand it and comprehend what actually happened, and you're trying to figure that out, I mean, I think that's totally okay. We we had a friend, um, uh, of mine and Joey's, and, and Matt knows her too, whose husband passed away. And on the Matt and Toby record, I wrote a song about that, like my interpretation of what it would be like if my, her husband died. And I was like, what if my wife died? Like, and it was kind of based around him passing away and what I, what I think I would feel and maybe what she felt. And I didn't do that to like sell the record. Like I was actually writing something that I just did mean something to me. Like I, it really is a crazy thing. And that's something that catches you so off guard that how could you not write about it you know what I mean like it would it would almost seem like insensitive and crazy if you if you being artistic and creative didn't write about one of the most tragic things that's probably ever happened to you that that would seem more bizarre to me I would say just take it with a grain of salt some people will always they're gonna you're gonna be pegged to something no matter what we were always a Christian band or not Christian enough I mean you know what I mean like you just can't get away from it and so as long as you're true to yourself and your bandmates, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's true, because people are going to label you. Oh, they're that band that this. The one that has the keyboard player. Oh, the one where the lead singer's fat. The one where the guy died in the band. The one where they play, yeah. you know, whatever it is. It, people are looking for the easiest way to identify your band. And I imagine in your local scene, that will be how you're identified, regardless of how you do right. your lyrics. And I also wouldn't worry about it catapulting you to, into the stratosphere of fame. By the way, that's not like right, that, that wasn't I, I don't, that easy um, exactly either, too. That. That's like people that, that go to the gym and say, I'm going to work out, but I don't want to get huge. You know, <laughs> not, I don't want to blow up here. I don't, you know, so, yeah, I, I'm not right. saying use it to your advantage or anything, but for sure, you know, it's a, it's going to be yeah. the way people think of you to some degree. And right. whether you like it or not, I, I imagine, at least in yeah. your local scene, I think it would be. Yeah, you cannot control what people think about. Like right now, like this is the first time we've ever taken fan questions. And now everybody thinks that we only take the saddest fucking questions right. ever. <laughs> so <laughs> no lighthearted questions on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we appreciate it. That appreciate the call. Let's do another one here. We got. We're going to get to a break in a minute here and have Matt and Matt on. But let's see. Let's get to a couple more calls here. We got any more? Please. Oh, that's all right. That's good. Well, we proved that the technology and the concept work. That's really. Let me guess. Somebody is dying. This is their their make a wish. Take sad, <laughs> sad calls. <laughs> Let me guess. Divorced last night. Caught your wife cheating. Who is it? <laughs> What is it? Oh, good. Well, we're we're doing good. In I mean, that was cool. We got the thing to work. And speaking of technology, Toby, you're you're on a green screen. I don't know if you know it or not, but you forgot to key in like the skyline of the city behind you. You're just literally oh, looking at a green screen behind shit. you. What's the deal? Shit! <laughs> I worked my ass off for twelve hours on this thing. You tell me, you tell me the lava flowing in the background isn't flowing. <laughs> you don't see that. Can <laughs> be like, actually. Jimmy Kimmel next week. That ain't real either, you know. You know Conan oh. ain't really in, in, uh, really. That, in that ain't real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question, Matt. What do you you want to take bets on? What do you think it'll no, be? No, no, we're good. We only have one. We only have one caller make it on. But we proved oh, damn. That, we proved that we can take live calls. We'll continue to do it in the future. Um, I guess we will. Uh, we'll give out a URL or a website or a way to do it in the future. We just had a couple there to do, and one and a couple of them failed or didn't get on there in time but good to know that we do have the ability to take calls we have the ability oh, to yeah. show videos and pictures and I, honestly things just go really smoothly when joey's not here is my, my oh main god takeaway. man this feels like just heaven to me <laughs> i mean when you just have a just a bald obese just thing that just weighs you it's a thing joey's not i don't even think of him as a human he's a thing bless his heart all right, well, let's take a break here, do a couple of ad spots, and we'll be right back with Matt Hoops and Matt Thiessen from Reliant K. Woo! All right. Okay, so you know I just moved, and it is super easy. Blue. The cool thing about Blue Apron is they really just do make a great product. So, like, getting your address changed, or, like, I'm still blown away when the food comes and how well it's packed and frozen, the stuff that needs to be fr- You know, it's just amazing, and... They have made such an impact on me and my family, but also they make are making a huge impact kind of on like our community and even on households. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. And here's why that's cool. Basically, their seafood is sourced sustainably. Uh, their beef is raised humanely. Chickens are free range. Pork is raised naturally. And regenerative farming practices are used for produce. And here's honestly the best part. These meals are so easy to make, even though they are like seriously gourmet, just unbelievably great ingredients and great food. They're easy to make because Blue Apron gives you all the instructions and the recipes are just so clear that mm-hmm. your whole family can be in the kitchen. So I can I, I seriously can't hardly make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like Jess usually makes everything. But with Blue Apron, you can like it's fun. You're in the kitchen and you know you're not going to screw it up. That's like right. that, That's been the thing that's always been scary for me. I'm going to go buy a ton of very expensive ingredients at the, at the grocery store that are going to charge unbelievable at the grocery store, get them home, and then I'm going to screw it up, and I'm still going to have to end up ordering a pizza. Yep. With Blue Apron, you don't have to do that. It's, yeah, think it's about just it. so cool. Absolutely. I go to the grocery store because I have an idea to make baked potatoes and hamburgers, and I go to the grocery store and come back, I spent 42 bucks. Right. all the time. Totally. With Blue Apron, you're paying less than $10 a meal, and it's way healthier, way better, more robust stuff. It's great. So check out this week's menu, and you get your first three meals free. Am I reading that right? It's a, I mean, hell yeah. You, your first three meals free yeah, with free shipping. Free shipping. It's yeah. all free, man. So go to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You'll love how good it feels and tastes. 
how great it is to create really good, incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Three free meals if you go to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Now, Toby, the, the, what I've got in front of me is something else I think is really great and something we've been doing yeah. for a long time, oh, yeah. uh, and that's Harry's Razors. And what's so interesting is they keep coming back and telling us, do another spot for us. Your people love it. I and I cannot believe that there's people that still haven't tried Harry's if they shave. If they shave their legs, if they shave their armpits, right. if they shave their face. Apparently, there's still people that haven't tried Harry's. Right. And every time we talk about it, I can only assume people are continuing to go to Harry's and they keep renewing with us. And that's because the product's great. Well, they sent me recently, last week, I don't know if you got one too, but they just had a second, yep. uh, a generation two. And it's a different uh, blade and a different handle that's really good. It's got improved flexibility awesome. on the hinge, a more comfortable glide against the contours. They added a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places under the nose and stuff like that. It's got a revamped look and a revamped feel. And Harry's is one of the best things for me. They, they send us – I get these cartridges, and, you know, I use them for a few times, and then, you know what, I pop on a brand-new ultra-sharp German-engineered right. blade and I shave, and I haven't shaved. I'm looking forward to it. I've got all this scuff right now, but I'm going to go knock it out. I don't yeah. shave all the time. I can't grow a beard, but I, whenever I, you know, I shave before I go on a date with my wife. I shave, uh, you know, once a week, twice a week, something like that. Right. And it's, it's, it's a, a joy to do. I cannot imagine going down to Walmart, getting into the cage, buying a big name brand. That stuff, oh, God. That, that ain't the way to do it. This is the way to do it. If you use razors, nothing. There's not a better way to shave. Um, they've got totally. a starter set that's an amazing deal. Toby, you got any of these notes up in front of you? Oh hell yeah, I do. It is an amazing deal. You get a weighted razor handle of your choice, moisturizing shave cream, which I love, three precision engineered five blade cartridges, and a travel cover, all for just fifteen bucks. That is unbelievable. And for a limited time only, there's a special offer for fans of the show where you can get it for a less, my friends. We have partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off your first promo, your first purchase with promo code BCPOD, I believe is what it is. Uh, go to harrys.com right now and enter BCPOD at checkout to claim your offer. That's harrys.com, code BCPOD. Yeah, and if that doesn't work for some reason, I'm sure the code's bad, bad Christian. But I probably yep. I think you're right on this one's BCPOD. My note doesn't have it either. But yeah, I, I do want to say this. I am about 97 98% covered in hair, and this razor it will sh i'm just shorn i mean your forehead is you your forehead looks right. clean as a whistle i know you right. just shaved but it because there's I a lot of hair on this, that normally this right here is the only spot without hair on my elbow <laughs> my elbow is hairless other than that i mean thank uh, thank my mom and dad right i, I don't know why the, in the hell they had to give me a bunch of hair the only reason got, your nose doesn't have hair on it is because you shaved about twice a day yeah. Hey, you know, my papa at, at, towards the end of his life had hair going out the end of his nose. So I'm, <laughs> I, and I made fun of him. And now I go, oh, yeah. Not nostril I, hair. No, nose. Out bridge of end. your nose hair. Yes. yes. There's hair. <laughs> I was like, and, and at the time I was like, ah, oh, it's so funny. My papa has hair going to, now I'm like, oh, I will have hair going out the end of my nose. It's, it's inevitable. So that is why Harry's is a lifesaver <laughs> for me. And that is no joke for sure. All right. Let's see if we can get the mats. Onto the call here. Hopefully yeah. the technology works. I'm going to add them right here to the call, and we'll get right to it. Come on, technology. Let's do it, Hoops. Let's do it, Tyson. Come on. Come on. Y'all got to have good internet. We don't have anything else to talk about if this don't work. Hello? 
We got some mats on the line. Hold on. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. That's good. Let me get the video back. I don't know what I'm doing in my Skype. Here we go. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Woo. Welcome to the show guys. Thank you. Can you guys see us? Yeah, it's perfect. Can yeah. you see us? Yeah. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. This is great. You can look on Facebook on our bad Christian Facebook. You'll be able to see it. Did you guys know we do a podcast? I've heard of it. T tell me what the rumors are. If you've heard, how did you hear about it? Did you know we've been doing this for a while now? I hadn't, we hadn't seen y'all in a couple of years. I don't think. Who are these guys? Who are these guys? <laughs> I know you guys. Were you guys like on the road or something? You guys do originals? <laughs> we got a demo. Where are y'all? Y'all at Hoops House? Yeah. Where are you guys? Well, I'm in Seattle and you know, yeah. Slightly ironically, Toby's down in Franklin, so Toby's yeah. pretty near y'all. I, ju I just moved to Franklin. <laughs> no way. You should have yeah. come over here. Yeah, I know. I thought about it, but I don't know. I, I figured y'all y'all do the hard stuff. I don't do that. Yeah, we get to Franklin in like thirty minutes. Yeah, twenty at this time. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, it's awesome. You know what's so oh. funny about? I want to I want to clear. I have to say this again. Everybody here says the traffic is horrible. It is not. The traffic here no, is it's so it's wonderful. Yes, yes. Compared it is wonderful. City, yeah, it's fine. Tyson, are you you live in Nashville now too? I do, I do. Yeah. How long I have you been there? Because what were you in Indianapolis for a while, or what? Where were you last? Uh, Indianapolis, or, then Ohio? Atlanta. But uh, seven years now in Nashville. Oh, you've been there seven years. That's crazy. Yeah. So how long? Well, how, how long has it been since we toured together? What was the, the the whole tour we did together was Nintendo Fusion tour? Does anybody remember what year that was? Uh, yeah. Ninety three, two thousand and ninety three. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. That's well, the year. Well, I guess Hawthorne Heights was humongous. So I would say two thousand five, two thousand six, something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, two thousand five, six. Six. Did y'all get the little uh, mini games that I still have mine? Nintendo the, DS, we got. Yeah, the Nintendo yeah. DS. I still have mine. That's <laughs> Now, the other thing I remember from that, and I want to know, because I don't remember talking to you guys about this, but uh, Hawthorne Heights uh, sound guy, what was his name? Mo. Mo. Oh. Remember Mo? Okay, oh. so we, I think we were in Memphis when this happened. or No, I can't remember. Uh, but Mo had run out of marijuana, and when he smoked marijuana, he was the most chill, nicest human in the whole world. But he had ran out of marijuana, and I think that for, it was like the second night y'all had left y'all's banner. Like, y'all just forgotten and left your banner backstage, and he ripped it down and pissed all over it. Cut it with a knife and pissed on it. Cut it with a knife and pissed on it. Do Dude, are we remembering that story oh, right? He sliced it. With he, a pocket knife, he, yeah. It, it was a banner of Merle the Squirrel, which, uh, I mean, everybody knows who Merle the Squirrel yeah, is. But, kind of household um, Right, so, but this is a stupid squirrel, and he just knifed it. He just gouged it. And, yeah. pe and peed on it. And peed, peed on it. Do y'all remember that was? I don't know if it was Memphis. My recollection of it was we were in Canada, and that's why he didn't I have weed, because right. he couldn't take it across right. the border. And so he had, right. two days in, he just became an animal. And that makes a lot I think sense. you're right. Logistically. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on that no, night. Right. I, yeah. thought, I thought they found cocaine. I thought it was like the opposite. They had too many drugs. And that was what they wanted to do with their buzz. But um, apparently they wrecked Hawthorne Heights' uh, basketball. basketball hoop. Yep. Yeah, oh, they, they destroyed that thing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, okay, so that one was Hawthorne Heights was traveling with. They carried a, a 
basketball goal, like a kind that raises and lowers and folds up. And that's yeah. the most awkward thing. Even when it's folded up, it doesn't fit in a trailer in the same way that no. road cases yeah. do. And it was right. incredibly and difficult. It, right? they, yeah. And we'd set it up in these big arenas in the middle of the floor. And there's just a little bit of something about that that might be payback because the times that we play basketball would be that we would literally play basketball like five on five or three on three during loadout. And right. so in the middle of these arenas, all the crew people would be sitting there breaking down speakers and loading out stuff and yeah. pulling down the trusses. And then the talent, the band, the artists would be out there shooting <laughs> basketball. And then when they, they got done with all that, they had to load out the basketball hoop and try to fit it in the trailer. So I'm sure that was on top of their list of things they wanted to destroy. <laughs> That's amazing. You, we had to play basketball. It was really important. Those are the days, I, mean, I guess. It's just I like you, you're you're rich, you're a rock star. You just play basketball after <laughs> the show have and knees. have people ship, bring you basketball goals and haul it to the next place. <laughs> good Lord. The good old days. Anyway, so uh, you guys, when you had a new record, just came out, right? That we do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a week, a few days ago. It came out on the 22nd, and I know the name of it. It's called Air for Free because I've been listening to it. Cool. Thank Look you. That. Thanks for listening. It's good. I, th- I just think, I thought, I think your music, you guys' music is all great. And I don't know everything about your whole catalog or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, I, and, and, and you guys didn't even write this. It was just the bass player from Reliant K, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mysterious. His name's Matt. No, it's okay. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so no, are you guys rolling as a, as a two member band right now? Is that what's going on? Why not? Yeah. I mean, is that, is that, is that the case? You guys are, is it, is it like a last photo I saw? I think you were the two only guys in. Is that correct? It's, it's kind of been the theme for the last, I don't know, three or four years yeah. uh, where we just kind of had our friends. Oh, you can come play bass on this tour. You can come right. play drums. Yeah. And so we were kind of like, well, instead of like marketing this uh, rotating cast of friends that are out with us, we were like, let's just make the band Matt and Matt and friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's who will be with us if you come see us it's gonna be yeah there's this interesting thing when you start a band you're all in it to take over (laughs) the world or something you've got this this goal you know together and you'll band together band together where's that word come from you know it's like and then all of a sudden um you're old and you're still doing your band but uh, you don't know who's going to play bass. And so you pay somebody to do it, but he's not like, oh, I've been with you guys since the beginning. We've got this goal. And uh, so Matt and I are the only ones who really have that first, that original Reliant K idea. So the, the spirit. You yeah. Know? yeah. So um, not know. that anybody else can't, can't find it and, and join in with us, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice that we're, we're the two ridge. It's a, you know? There's a lot to that. I'd like to talk about that whole subject a little bit. How how old were y'all when you started Reliant K? You were 16? Yes, yeah, it was a long time ago. It makes I don't me know. 17, yeah. yeah. And, and so what was that? Is uh, 15 or 20 years ago? What was it? Do you know? Yeah, 1997. Yeah. 1997. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, 97. Yeah. 97, you started. Good so God. there's here's the way I look at this, and it's a little bit of a cynical approach, but if you're going to be a band that is going to survive decade or decades, um, the, you know, things happen differently in that in that regard. Like, you, uh, it's not likely that you'll keep the same members, and it's not likely that over that length of time 
that everybody will contribute equally or things won't things won't rise and fall and certain responsibilities and certain things to go with certain people. And so that's I don't think that's a bad thing. I think what that means is you're in a really adaptive band and figured out the way to make it work because I believe if you take five guys or six guys in some band and everything's equal and it's a pure democracy and you're just bros no matter what and there's no leadership or focus or specialization even as far as the talent and the roles and even the money is a part of that but it's not the main part it's harder to keep it together like there's it's almost no way that everybody over 10 or 15 years is going to agree about touring schedule or how much money or what decisions you make or what tours you're going to take or the direction of your band and not to mention the actual creative contributions there's so many factors that go into that uh and and to have it be a pure democracy and nobody ever changed that that's just not this this is kind of unreasonable and i think there's been a lot of great bands that have been i would say taken away from the world for that reason that they had some idealism of of that you know what I mean? And so you yeah. you guys did what it takes to survive. It's like the walking dead. And you guys are like, Rick, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Y'all just did whatever who, it had. You had to kill who you have to kill. And you got to do what it takes to survive. And you guys did it. Your band probably wouldn't be here if it, if it wasn't that way, right? <laughs> like, 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 for example, Emory, we went to Matt and I for We Do What We Want, uh, what, two records ago. Yeah. It was just Matt and I writing the entire record and doing everything but because it really worked that way. It really didn't. Now, the other guys are, were actually still in the band. <laughs> they are full members. That's just what we, we had to do at that time, though. Right. Sometimes we, we, we focus in to... and Toby and I do everything, and, and, and sometimes we do other stuff. Devin's almost all the way back in the band now, believe right. it or not. It just... It's a it's kind of a living, breathing, breathing organism, and you got to do what you got to do to exist. Right, and then there's there's these crazy factors where if you're a drummer and someone hires you just to come in and play, you're still creating something. You're you're pulling something out of the air, like a pattern or just like some sort of artistic beauty. And you might not be a member of the band, but you're that might be the best part of the song is yep. your drum part and. Uh, and that's not fair to that guy either. You know, it's just weird how the politics of it all work out. But um, I don't know. We're yeah. Reliant K has is been around for a while, and so it's still it's still us. Yeah, I think after we did it for so long, it was like, how can we? I mean, we still talk about this. How can we make this band that we've been doing forever and kind of just it just kind of goes? How can we make it what we want it to make? You right. know, how right? How can we cause this thing to be? to fit into our lives. And, and, you know, a lot of that, what you guys were talking about, it's like, it's just logistically easier to make decisions about touring, about what right. t-shirts print up about, yeah. you know, it's just logistically easier to do it with two people. So you think part of that's because you're older too, and you can't even handle it. Like, you know, you have, you're less <laughs> diplomatic. Like I know, I know exactly what you mean. If, if yeah. there's, if there's four people that have to talk about a t-shirt design, this one or that one, I lose my fucking mind, man. I swear. I can't, I can't, I just can't handle stuff like that anymore. So, I mean, it probably, part of it's just getting older and you're right. Like, have y'all, are y'all planning your, like you said, you fit your band now into your life. Is that how it works with touring and stuff as well? Yeah, sure. It's all, it's all kind of up in the air right now. We're, we're trying to right now define what space that's in, you know? And so. I think we're both at the point where we're not we're not going to go and play 200 dates a year. Right. Can't. Uh, but but we want to enjoy the times that we're out there, you know. Yeah. We, we want to have fun when we when we are doing it. And we want to make it 
You know what else I think is neat is you guys have done some a lot of similar stuff to us. One thing, existing for a long time. That's a rare thing. But you've done a bunch of different label stuff, uh, and you've done your own stuff. You're independent, or you've even started your own label. I don't know exactly how you quantify or say that now, but Mono versus Stereo. That's your label, and that's you own that, and you're on that label. What's the arrangement there? Yeah, we uh, we half own that with uh-huh. Goatee, which is, Goatee is Joey and Toby. Uh, and so we kind of half own Monoverse Stereo and we can kind of do whatever we want with it. But right now it's just Reliant K. So (laughs) we're just having fun doing that. So that's been, I mean, you guys, and we didn't ever do this, but you guys also, you were on a small label, you're done all this stuff and you've been on a major label too. I remember back in, it was probably Oh five, Oh six. You were, that record that you put out, whatever that one was called, which I don't remember the name of it, that came out. What was your major label? What was that experience like for you guys? Yeah, we were on Capitol Records for a little bit. Did um, you like that? How was it for you? Sure. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, it's kind of like walking up to the craps table and like getting a getting a turn, you know. Yeah. And we we had our turn, and it was fun. Some things worked out, and uh, sometimes everybody standing around the table was stoked, and they were really happy. And then sometimes we rolled the dice, and everybody lost. A lot Seven of money. out. It happens. Yeah. yeah. I would have killed to have lost that money. I would have loved to have <laughs> something to like that to lose. Uh, well, somebody got it. You know, somebody got. It. Yeah, we had we had one. I think one major label guy come look at what was that dude? He was oh I didn't. Gosh. I don't know what the hell he came. We were playing some theater in New York, and <laughs> I look out true. in the audience. This is, this is really true. No, and, let, let me set it up before you get right, the punchline part of it. We got to the point where we thought we were going to be the indie band that went to the major yeah. label, and we I were can't be remember the, the guy's name. Day. I know it was Seymour actually, Seymour something, Seymour yeah. Stein or something like that. I don't know what it was. So we got yeah. word from our manager that this big-time A&R guy from, I can't even remember what label it was, but he was literally Madonna's A&R. He signed Madonna. He was a big-time international guy. People know who he is. He's a famous guy. And they said he wanted to come to our show and check it out. It was in Manhattan at Irving Plaza or something like that. And so we were like, are you serious? Is he going to be there? This can't be true. This can't be real or anything. We didn't even take it seriously. And then anyway, that was the, we, somebody told us that and we just told our manager clearly that doesn't even sound true, but whatever. We didn't hear from the guy or whatever. Then Toby, what happened? So we were on stage rocking out and I see this grandpa in the back that is asleep. And I, I, so I started oh. making fun of him. I was like, hey, oh, sorry, guys. My, my grandpa's here, and he's falling asleep. <laughs> look, look at him up there. He's asleep now. I didn't – He bless his heart. You know, he don't he, – he used to be into music. Not anymore, but he's asleep now. And then everybody kind of laughed, and then we went on with the show. Sure enough, and they, that was him. That was old he had, Seymour. He flew in from London, was yeah, dead he, tired. He flew in from London, <laughs> came to our show. And Toby, yeah. did, I mean, you didn't know who it was when you were making the joke. No. You just really thought you were making fun of an old guy waiting on his I kid at the concert. Turns out it was that guy. That totally was. He came to our show to want to sign us or whatever it was. Toby made right. fun of him, and that was that. <laughs> Needless to say, the next we, week we're back we on Tooth and You know that guy? Yeah, I think we do. We didn't but... even get to meet him or anything. Yeah. I mean, just you know, Nothing wrong with him. He's a great guy, I'm sure, and uh, Apparently, he wakes up in the middle of a show and people are laughing at him he gets all pissed yeah. and leaves so, somehow that pisses him off so Shulman, right Shulman. seymour Shulman. that sounds seymour maybe right it wasn't right. seymour it was it was Derek, right Derek? i don't know i, I think so Derek. yeah he's a legendary a and r guy from the 70s yeah whoever and 80s was and yeah so, yeah he's not, yeah he did roadrunner records no i don't know if we're talking about the same guy but yeah it might be a different uh, guy 
But in any case, that was our well, brush right. in with the major label. We're just stealing here. Um, I was talking to Aaron Lunsford from As Cities Burn the other day, and he was trying. He was saying that uh, he was making the comment that Emory can drink more beer than almost any band he's ever seen. And I tweet. It was it was on Twitter, so what it was. And I tweeted him. I said, "You know what? I don't know if that's true or not, but I can qu- I can try to put something quantitative to that." I said, "When we were on tour with Reliant K in New Orleans, this we, I don't we were at the House of Blues there in New Orleans. Do you remember that show? Um, Tyson was over on the bus all night that night. I remember it. Yeah. I said, and we got two <laughs> cases of beer that night, which is forty eight, and we we drank them quickly, and then we uh, got another couple of cases. We had guests. It wasn't just our band." abandoned crew and then right. we went through that 48 and we were kind of winding down at the end of that 48 and so we had drank 96 beers and Some i asked cows. you i said please go back to your bus and you got to bring us six beers <laughs> <laughs> i know nobody wants them but we're going to finish six more beers. we are going to do it we're somehow we're going to share them whatever we got to do it's late yeah. we've been at this all afternoon all night yeah. after the show you go get a six beers, and you went back to your bus and got you know some six random cans of different beers, brought them back to our bus. We polished them off, one hundred beers. And well, yeah. okay, for the grand total. See, the that's grand total of hundred. Yeah. together with the goal, you know, yeah. that's important. And I, awesome. again, we didn't drink all. I don't know how many we drank each, but crew, band, yeah. guests, visitors. But I thought that that's a notable thing I remember about you is you went and got the final six that's so right. that we could hit a hundred. You remember I'll that time? I'll, I'll, I'll do one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, our bass player Joel died, but we we made it. We went all yeah. the way with a hundred. Remember? Yeah, he was <laughs> nice though. Yeah, he was a great guy. And then also, yeah. uh, we, I mean, we named a drink after you. Oh, too. you don't know? He doesn't know that. Yeah, I don't think he? he knows that. Hey, oh but, my! All right, I'll tell this one too then. <laughs> okay, so we played a festival with you guys one time. Um, what festival is it? I don't know. I don't, don't even. Worry we played about a it. lot of different festivals. Anyway, we played a festival with you guys. You're on some big stage. We're on. We're on the fringe, crazy right. fire stage, fire crazy stage that the crazy bands play on. You're on the real stage with the sound and the lights and everything. It was great. Um, and so we we came over there and watched your set, watched you play. It was amazing, of course. And then we went back to your bus after you went back. You came off the bus, and I don't remember what Christian festival we were at probably better that i don't recall the name of it and you came off with a little cup of real small little cup of coffee is what it yeah. looked like i'm positive that it wasn't coffee though matt that's the thing it was <laughs> it in was a coffee cup coffee. it was in a coffee <laughs> cup and it was yeah. it was dark it looked I, i'm pretty sure it was coke and something else I, that's my guess uh, okay. I was. I'm really sure that's what it was. It, you know, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was Crown Royal and Coke is what it was. But it looked like coffee. It was in a tiny, a small little cup. Okay. You came out right <laughs> after the set, and I knew what we knew what was up. We knew you yeah. actually had you a mixed drink is essentially the deal there. But it looked I mean, like coffee, uh, and you don't have to confirm or deny that. It may night. have been coffee, but that was the perception that we had at the time. <laughs> not trying to get you in trouble. Um, and I thought that was so neat because it looked just like coffee. So for the rest mm. of our years, whenever we're in an environment where alcohol is not yeah. allowed, we uh-huh. make we make drinks in either Starbucks cups or coffee cups, and we try to make it look like coffee. And that <laughs> we call that mixed drink a teason. A teason. <laughs> <laughs> so so Dave will say, uh, uh, "Let's go out to the uh, to the merch table or whatever at a fest, some place where we're not supposed. It doesn't have to be a Christian festival, just some place where you're not supposed to have alcohol." And right. Dave will say, "You want to make a teason?" I say, "Yeah." And so we get coffee cups and mix something like Coke 
with a liquor and then you can go wherever you want to go because it looks like coffee. And that mixed yeah. drink is called a Tyson for anybody out there. That's what that is. It's That's called. really great. I'm going to pass that along. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was never more impressed by yeah, it. I, it I mean, I was like, man, this band is just, uh, I learned something today. I was, I was really blown away. But Good. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> well, drink, drinking is very important to us. We were probably complaining about not getting being able to do it. And to be a part of something like that, that like just opened our eyes where we were like, wait a minute. We we're men and we can do, we can, we can be men here. That, that just changed my life. And now, I mean, I, I pray that I own a bar one day and I sell Tyson's. That is what, one of my goals. Put it on the sure. menu. Yeah. It'd I be mean, amazing. Yeah. Take it out. It's to go. You I can take it to go. go. Exactly. Yeah. This is the you best part it about it. Street. You're in downtown Washington, D.C. Just take a Tyson to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I believe probably other people do that, but they might actually have. Right. And they're homeless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> so, so what? what y'all are on the road on release week? What's the deal? You're just well, sitting around at Hoop's house on your release. To, I mean, your I record mean, came out last week. Yeah. Yeah, really. We tried to do put together a big run of shows, and we're doing this big, long tour this fall. So so it proved harder to put together a run of shows. I'd rather just tour with Switchfoot yeah. than, yeah. you know, a bunch of albums. I mean, I think that's yeah. it's an almost, for us, it equals an album release tour. Um, we, we have a really great tour to look forward to. Yeah, we so we ended up doing, you know, calling our booking agent, calling our manager. I was like, can we put together, you know, two weeks or something? They're both like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so we, we played one show. Um, we just played it. We played it was, in Akron, though. Uh, what is that? A CD release show, you'd call it then? Yeah, we did one show. It was funny. And it was Matt, hilarious. Matt screwed up the CD order, right? Is that your fault or is it somebody else's fault? I don't know. Uh, I, there was a mix up between the, it's my fault because I didn't do anything. The manufacturer <laughs> and the graphic designer, where they both were waiting on each other. Right. And then it was like a week before the. the release and they were both like well wait we don't have compact discs so is- so we did a cd release show with no cds <laughs> well, so, an album right right but it didn't say anything about compact cd discs. release show is almost like a thing you just say right i mean if, yeah, you, right. if you're you know, from the 90s right is. and we're all kind of from the- yeah what you yeah maybe and so my wife went out she bought CDRs and burned a hundred no copies way. of our album, and we sold them for ten bucks a piece, so that there would be CDs. And we signed them and stuff, and yeah. we sold a hundred, almost hundred CDs. Almost we didn't sell out, but yeah. we're working on it a was, new album, and we're doing. We're definitely going to book an MP3 release show, right? Yes, it's going to be MP3 good. Show, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, no, that the fans probably think that's cooler that you burned them yourself, yeah, right? So. I, I would rather have that than an ugly old. Oh manufactured cd that, that i would yeah, way she, rather have that like and, and in fact that's rare right at the same time yeah she was just like all <laughs> afternoon burning them and setting them out on the bar and we were signing them and stuff yeah. it was it was like a lot of work but she really <laughs> felt like she needed to well, do it also the other embarrassing thing our vinyl got really screwed up so we had to reprint all of our vinyl which is still not ready yet will be ready soon and that was just kind of a bummer, but so, so we didn't even have that at our show, and no vinyl release. You know, there. you guys know this. Like any physical media, CD, music, audio is basically a souvenir. Yeah, it's basically for fun. So, yeah, yeah. That sucks, so I though. I mean, it seems like maybe y'all should get other people in your band to do stuff. Yeah, if you just you had more band think. members, each person people. could take a little responsibility. Maybe you'd get some of your shit dialed. We had well, more mats in our band. Well. Uh, 
I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we have one member. Yeah. Oh. What? So what else are y'all doing? I mean, if, if your lives are busy and you're doing what, what else are you doing outside of Reliant K? Anything? You're kids, right? Yeah, I got I got two little babies. Well, they're five and nine. Right. But yeah, I hang out with them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't hang out. Yeah. Tyson, you're married now? I am. Yeah. Uh, How long? How'd that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, I didn't know you were married. I I mean, when when did you get married? Uh, Almost a year ago. So nice. Yeah. August uh, 23rd of last year. Yeah, big time. Well, congratulations, man. Is she Thank is you. She, is she still cool with you going out on like a big switchfoot tour and stuff like that? She Oh, she's- yeah, she can't wait. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> excited to be rid of me for a little bit. But um but she also, I don't know, she she likes me to stay busy and uh she likes it when I have things to do. So she's always trying to get me to to do songwriting sessions and uh yeah. I've been starting a band with um you know the kid from Owl City, Adam Young. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a great friend of mine. I just spent the last week in Minnesota kind of finishing up the instrumental tracks for a new album that he and I are doing for, uh, it's a band called Goodbye Dubai, I think. Um, it's like a side project that we're doing. So got that. And I don't know. I do, I, you do I a lot of writing and stuff. I was trying to tell somebody, I was trying to explain to somebody who Matt Thiessen is. And I'm like, well, and forgive me if any of this sounds weird, but I, I was trying to say that you are an unbelievably talented and prolific person who happened to start a pop punk band when he was very young and you still have that. And you're probably most known for that. Um, and I don't think there's any knock on that at all, but it's, I don't, I think people don't realize the, uh, other stuff you've done like owl city and other songwriting stuff you do and what your abilities are beyond that. And that's not just a big pat on the back, but I mean, you've got your own whole, you know, lore if you investigated who matt Thiessen is it's a complicated weave there's rumors there's stories that people say well, you date, people say you dated katie perry you wrote all these songs for all these people i mean you know you've got a whole thing going on there it's really you're i think you're a really intriguing and prolific person it's got a lot of stories but man. i think most uh, people go reliant k is was that a, a pop punk christian band or something i mean is that weird for right. you no, it's great. It's perfect. Do people um, ask you about that Katy Perry thing? By the way, not. I don't know if you don't ever talk. Not about really. That no, no. Sorry no. if I do. Do you ever do? But uh, what was? What is that? Did you did you date Katy before she was Katy Perry or something? Uh, yeah, I heard real name's Katie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she used to be a Christian never, artist. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, still, debatably, is a Christian artist, right? So maybe I mean, so. But but you know, you've written with that? people like her and other like pop stars and stuff, right? Yeah, like you do co like are you are you proud of of all the co-writes and the stuff like that or do you want the focus to be on Reliant K is what I'm is what I'm trying to get at. Like what yeah, do you I want mean, to be known for is my question. I don't want to be known for anything. <laughs> I really like I like doing stuff. I like uh I like singing and I like melody and I yeah. like lyrics and I like make, trying to make people feel things and I like sometimes having a job yeah. <laughs> you know and if i can do all those things and sometimes be successful enough at at one song or something to to let me keep having a job that's yeah. really cool um but yeah i don't care if yeah i'm not trying else. to put you on the spot there i'm just trying to say you i think there's there's a lot to you that i don't know if is often known but I, i'm i am curious uh let me ask you let me ask you toby both matt's and toby what do you want to be known for if you say Matt Thiessen is, Matt Hoops is, Toby Morrell is, what's a good answer to that question for, for y'all? 
Well, if if I could meet every single person in the world, you know, if I had a chance to do that, and, and it'd be nice to be friends with everybody, you know, um, and not have any enemies. But that's the only way you could be known to be an actual friend is to actually meet everyone. And there's no chance to do that. There's not an opportunity to do that. But um, that's all. Do you want to be known as a singer or a songwriter or a guy in a band or even? No, just a nice guy. Some sometime <laughs> and if you didn't meet me then maybe you heard something that i sang or something that i wrote and it connected to you in a way that it felt like you met me and we knew each other and we were friends um but yeah i just i just want to help you know I just want to help people okay hoops how about you what do you want to be known for i don't that's a very big question uh i don't know I always, what do you think this is some softball interview yeah exactly uh, no, I'm just I'm just really trying to think of the of a thought of a heartfelt answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> well, I you mean, can say I want to be a great guitar player. It's not a bad answer. Dad, I mean, his kids are pretty amazing. Um, you know, and that comes back on Matt quite a bit. Yeah, that's what I know you for that. For sure. I like, I, yeah, I do like being a good dad. I do value that. I do try for that. You know, like in a lot of ways. But how about um, you, Toby? Can you give us an answer? This a little. Uh, more exciting give us a better uh, answer i just want to get rich i just that's all i ever wrote music Listen, for man. that's all i that's all i ever cared about i mean the money just and the drugs power yeah. uh so well i respect I, every person that i've ever heard of in the world you know i have re- nothing but respect and <laughs> i'm happy to have heard of rich people before uh no I, mean, I, I I guess honestly the thing I I don't know I uh I my computer just crashed so much like y'all's um fiasco with your CDs and your artwork and your records and stuff like that I just lost everything that we just recorded <laughs> I got your backup you have there, a backup there, and I've got a backup yeah we do okay. have backups but it's still very frustrating so I guess I just want to get good at technology if I could leave this world <laughs> and say man I I did it with technology. Do what? That's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Technology wizard. Right. You know, like, token world. I mean, that would, that would be, that'd be great. So hoops, you still yeah. play, are you still playing golf? I am. Yeah. Are you gonna, I, shot, I shot my best round of the year uh, last week. What'd you shoot? I lost you again. Shot 76. My gosh. Oh, that's a good award. It was pretty, it was, I kind of finished it while I was one over on the front. And then I finished on the back and it was kind of, I didn't realize how good I was playing until toward the end, but it was pretty fun. How, uh, how often are you playing? Uh, right now? I mean, I mean, maybe once a week. I don't know. Man, release maybe. a new record. Play golf once a week. I should be playing yeah, more than nice, that, right? Man. That's a good <laughs> life. Well, I got, uh, we got to wrap this up. We got a few things else to do, but I see you guys right are playing. Now, yeah. Joshua Fest on September 3rd, and then you're doing a Switchfoot tour. It starts yep. uh, September 13th in Houston and goes all the way through, man, November 26th. Is that real? Like almost yeah, two months, we talk man. During that time, can we? Can you guys keep us accountable on the road? We can try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Yeah, hey, we're gonna get so lonely. We have yeah. a devotional that we do for bands on the road, so we can send yes. that your way. Uh, are you? Right. Do you got a Seattle date on that? I don't think there was a Seattle date. No, no. Nary has Seattle date. I think that's Switchfoot's fault. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. That's mean. I was really mean. No, I mean, I think that they're, (laughs) I think that they had recently played there or something. Right. But it's not their fault. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's 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 kind of their fault. 
We'll go back to Seattle soon enough. Yeah. I mean, we could we could play Seattle tomorrow. We'll be in Seattle. We'll be in Seattle tomorrow. We'll okay. call you. Well, thank you guys you. for hanging out with us. Um, the uh, I got the info here. The guy's name was Seymour Stein. I, I think that's what I said. Uh, name was, but that's the name Stein. of the A&R guy. You Sorry, can Wikipedia who the guy was yeah. and Toby made fun of. I don't know if Same. Toby's screen. Toby, you hear us, right? Yeah, I hear you. Sorry, okay. I'm trying to get it back, but I lost you for some reason. Okay. So. We don't Sorry. Really yeah, I, yeah, I remember what you look like. Oh, thanks, no man. No problem. It's good catching up with you guys. And congratulations so on continuing to be a kick-ass band and putting out a new album. Hell yeah. Wow. Good to catch up with y'all. Yeah, you guys are too, too kind. Oh, we're, we're, we're real kind. You guys are the kindest. Kindest folks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to y'all soon. All right, talk All right, to you guys it. soon. Right. Reliant K, everybody. Let me take a second here while Toby's dialing back in. I'll tell you something that's important and that is that you guys can support this podcast you've been listening this long if you're paying attention if you make it this far in the show um, i'm going to ask you to do something that supports us financially it doesn't cost you any money and that is shopping on amazon you probably shop amazon anyway you may be a prime member you might get your diapers you might get your guitar strings you might get construction materials, tools, whatever it is on Amazon. If you go to bcpod.com, go to badchristian.com, find the Bad Christian Podcast, there's a link on our page where our player is, and it says Shop Amazon. Click through that link, save it as a bookmark in your browser so that anytime you go to Amazon, you will, uh, you'll go through that. You'll click that link, and then Amazon will give us some points, some percentage, some some. Uh, kickback from that. I think it's like 4% of whatever you buy. So if you have a business especially, or if you do anything regularly there, uh, shop on Amazon. You will support the Bad Christian Podcast directly. That's if you're not actually paying for the episodes like the people in the BC Club are, which is great. Appreciate that. That's a good way to go too. And of course, supporting our sponsors has been a big deal for us. We've had amazing sponsors and been able to have that for, I don't know. I mean, we've been doing this for a couple of years and there's still sponsors new sponsors signing on because our audience is good and you guys support them and you listen to the stuff we say. And that's all, that's all great stuff. So that's a few ways you can support us. I'll keep talking while I try to get Toby on here and it'll be self-promotion. I'll say that, uh, maybe tell a friend about the podcast. We could probably grow it a little bit through word of mouth. Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes. Um, we're going to start, try to start doing YouTube this, we're doing this on Facebook, but we're going to publish these episodes in video to YouTube or maybe even be live on YouTube as well. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can type in bad Christian YouTube, find it, I'm sure. Um, and so subscribe there. We don't have any subscribers right now, hundreds or something like that, but let's try to get a bunch of subscribers on YouTube and be a real TV show. That's kind of our goal. That's kind of what we'd like to do in the future is be a TV show. Uh, I love what you said. Good. I'm glad you, I'm glad. And I appreciate your emotional support. What are you zoomed in so far for? I have the worst internet computer problem is just a living nightmare and I can't figure it out. And it just won't like that. I'm That's trying okay. not. You're doing it, good. You're you're fine there. I see you. I hear you now. It's killing me on the inside though. Like well, that's right. I just went through our promotional stuff, told them to support us on Amazon, join the BC club, subscribe to our YouTube. That's what I want to make our new thing is YouTube. But there's only one reason that you should pay any attention to the stuff we say and what we do, and it's because we're obsessed with the tr- telling you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> In a world where everything sucks, <laughs> I, 
My computer sucks. My Pro Tools suck. Joey sucks. I suck. My name is Toby Brown, the damn new. Ah. Okay. Guys, this is a horrific. No, you're uh, okay. We're, we're totally good. I just feel terrible, though. I can't help it. I feel miserable. And maybe it's the unbelievable rash that I got from Devin's house, but I still feel miserable. So, all right. I wanted to, how much time we got here? Less My, than 10 I, minutes. Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, so Jess, my wife, I bless her heart. I love the woman. I married her. I'd marry her a hundred million times mm-hmm. over again. So damn hot. She's so hot. Anyway, she always, I'd say probably once every three weeks will say, Oh, another person died of a brain eating amoeba. Like she loves the brain. <laughs> she gets amoeba yeah, the brain oh, amoeba story. God, she loves them. So I was like, what the hell is a brain eating amoeba? And I, and she gets mad at me. When I kind of cast it aside, right, and go, ah, it's, it's just, I mean, I said, maybe, is it something new? I mean, I just, <laughs> it's new, I, yeah. They just well, came no, out with those amoebas. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never heard about it when I was a kid. There was a brain-eating amoeba. Like, I'm, like is it something that developed or, you know, evolved and, and started happening? So, anyway, so I looked it up here on CBS News, and I'm going to read you eight, I guess it's six facts, I guess, or seven facts about the uh, brain-eating amoebas, right? All right, so one. Exactly where are the amoebas found? I didn't know this, but they are typically found in freshwater sources in the southern states. Louisiana and Florida. In addition to lakes and rivers, these include hot springs, warm warm water runoff, and industrial plants, poorly maintained swimming pools, and water heaters even kept at temperatures below 117. But what I didn't know is they they can't exist in salt water. They they, they don't live in salt water, so you're okay in the ocean for the most part. Because somebody in uh, Edisto... Just got it, but they were in a river. And yeah, it's, a, were, it's rivers in Louisiana where you get a swamp right. or something hot. How how does the infe- water. infection occur? Do you know, Matt? Goes up your nose. Yeah, you're right. Typically, Nalgeliria fowleri amoeba infect people through the nose. Once they have a toehold there, they travel up the, to the brain where they destroy tissue. The infection typically occurs when people go swimming in lakes and rivers. Um, next, can drinking water cause infection? Drinking contaminated water does not lead to infection. It is literally only through the nose. Like you're, I guess you go jump off a bridge on the side of the road in Louisiana, right. it jumps up your nose and direct path to the brain. And there you go. Can, can the infection be passed from person to person? No, no, you cannot. Uh, what are the symptoms? Initial symptoms, uh, which start within the first an, week of an eaten brain. Yeah. <laughs> your brain is missing. Uh, the first week of the infection include headache, fever, nausea, vomiting, and a stiff neck. Sounds exactly like most mornings for me after I drank beer. Uh, later symptoms include confusion, loss of balance, seizures, hallucinations. Hallucinations. I can't even say that word. Hallucinations. And hallucinations. And death typically occurs within 12 days. Dang. But here's the thing. Is, is it treatable? In the lab, several drugs are effective against it. But it's not clear whether they work on humans. Almost every person to have become infected has died. Right. They still say go to the emergency room, but anyway. So they said, how can you reduce your, reduce your risk? It says, always assume, always assume, no matter what, there's a low-level risk anytime you swim or dive or water ski in fresh water in the south. So hold your nose shut or use no nose clips. Okay. So that's a lot of information there. But I still am completely unafraid, not worried whatsoever. Right. Like, how, how many amoebas are there? Like, if I go to a lake here in Tennessee, is it just filled with amoebas? No, like I'm, because everybody, it would happen a lot. Do you have a number on how many people have died from it? No, it doesn't say. It's not many. 
No, it's not that many. Maybe it's it does a have few. a number here. Maybe yeah, a yeah. few. Like how many things? I mean, there's no, almost nothing that you would ever be worried about that happens to a few humans a year. Right. Shark attack, lightning strike. Totally. Uh, that kind of stuff is just not, it just isn't something, you, it just doesn't do you any good to worry about it, but it's so horrific sounding and so innocuous and easy to right. get and so proliferated on the internet that it's kind of a perfect storm for something for someone's wife to talk about. It's right. perfect for that. It's along the same lines as uh, the kid that goes to the swimming pool, uh, drinks a little bit of the water, and then drowns right. that night in their bed. I bet right. your wife worries about that one, oh, too. that one. Yeah, that one got us. Right. Yeah, same <laughs> like thing. You drank, like you drank too much. not a really water. thing. You, a 12-hour delay drowning or whatever that is. That's, uh, again, I'm not saying I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it doesn't right. happen. It's not, not scary. But listen, every mom is so scared of things happening to their kid that are just not in the likelihood, not in the realm of worth putting your time in to think about. But every time you go to the grocery store, if you had the choice to take your kid or not in the car, oh my gosh, that's dangerous, relatively right. speaking. Just ride right yeah. into the store in a car seat. Totally. Way worse than, than, like, your daughter is way more likely to die tomorrow. Like, let's just say Jessica's going to Bilo right. to get some meat. And she goes, Ruby, you want to ride with me? Or do you want to stay with dad? Massive decision. Massive risk compared to, right. even if it was Ruby, do you want to jump into that water right now? Or do you want right. to ride with mom to the store? Jumping into the water is safer. I, I'm just not going to be afraid of a brain-eating amoeba. I, like, here's the thing. If a brain-eating amoeba eats my brain, <laughs> it, it just, there, there, there was no stopping it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, if, if that's the way I die, okay, good. All right, I get it. Like, I mean, you know, I, it's, it was I going to do. I mean, What are you going to do? I totally agree. I mean, it, and you die in 12 days. You're not, not going to tell your wife it, that, though. She's not going to let Ruby swim in Louisiana on the side of the road. About, not going to happen. Our, how about That's in our fine, own though. state? My dream is to get a pontoon boat and be on the lake in the summer here in Tennessee. And I, but you can't because of amoebas. It, it eat your brain. Yeah. All right. One more news story. This comes from Fox News. Matt, I thought this was pretty interesting. Are you too drunk to drive? Well, check your electronic tattoo. Okay. Researchers at the University of Southern of, of California, San Diego, have developed a special tattoo that will determine your intoxication level. The technology is a temporary tattoo that can be slapped on the user's skin. It then analyzes sweat and communicates wirelessly with a smartphone or smartwatch to tell the user the, their blood alcohol level. Their technology looks like a small circuit board that attaches to the skin with commercial tattoo paper. In that paper is silver and silver chloride electrodes that generate a small current according to the IEEE. The gel strip baked into the temporary tattoo then releases a drug that causes the person to sweat once the sweat comes to the skin, a sensor analyzes the enzyme levels to determine the person's alcohol level. This is unbelievable. Wow. Good God. Can't, I mean, that's amazing. That's a lot. I mean, that'd make you sweat. Good Lord. Anyway, you think this is cool? I, I would. Oh, of I course would, I do. I've always, no matter how much I've drank, always wanted to check it. Like, like I wanted to see, like, what would I be? Because, like, like, honestly, I would say most times I, I've always wondered if I drank one beer, would I, like, blow illegal or something like that? I, I don't think so. I, and they say, what is it? It'd be nice to have more education where people understood so they couldn't. Because, right. I mean, almost everything about alcohol is so subjective. Like, oh, I'm fine. I mean, that doesn't mean right. anything. You don't know. And you don't know. You don't actually know. 
Right. And, and you don't know, I mean, it's a very subjective thing, so it would be nice to have some quantitative stuff there. But I'm more excited about just the technology of, you know, interfacing humans and machines. They have the glucose meters that can be built in for people. And, you know, I mean, some people, other people are going to say it's the mark of the beast. Our missing co-host would probably suggest that if he were here. Yeah, but, uh, don't get it. but the, you know, it's, it's you know, we're going to have exoskeletons and chips in our head. I mean, at some point, having the, all the information in Google be all the way over there on your phone or on your computer right. is going to seem stupid, right? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be though. so stupid that you used to have to have some device to access the internet right. because you're going to have it behind your ear. I mean, and and we're something. really getting where your tribal tattoo will tell you how many steps you took today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get, I mean, it's, it's not that crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's your, a Fitbit. Your, it's going to continue to shrink, and then it'll be your cross tattoo tells you that you drank too much. I mean, they you see that you see the okay. Nobody's mad about the you know the ear the hearing aids that are invisible that are microfiber right right in the middle. Okay, couple that with some an eye. I mean, that's not weird. It's in your ear. Right. I mean, what about something that could sit in your pupil and it's a video camera that's constantly yeah. going to the crowd, the cloud? It's not that far off. It's just yeah, and and it's just. I mean, we have internet right. and all the information in the world invisible coming through the air everywhere. Look at where you are right now, where I am right now, and all the people listening to us across the world. It's unbelievable, and it's absolutely inevitable that that technology is going to directly interface with our bodies. It's inevitable. Yeah, but robots you have sex with. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think <laughs> about that. That's where the focus needs to I mean, be. I mean, you're right. I'm just saying. Tip of the spear, the leading innovation's got to be in synthetic <laughs> vaginal tissue. You're right. I mean, good. If they can make a robot you can have sex with, they can't figure out a damn brain eating amoeba. Good. You cannot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no cure for the amoeba. <laughs> hey, we made this kick ass robot. You can make, you can make, you, you got 11 more days to have sex with this robot, however. Because <laughs> we cannot figure out this brain eating amoeba. Shit. The, the amoeba, you know. <laughs> All right, one minute left. That's a great show today. I hope Joey, send Joey a message. Tell him happy anniversary. Uh, Support us at the BC Club. In fact, we have this URL if you want to, thebcclub.com. Shop on Amazon. Go to our website. Subscribe. And let's get our YouTube. Let's get this thing turned into a TV show. Thank you to the tech team here, the producers, everybody. Uh, Great show. I thought it was flawless. Not exactly. It was a living nightmare in hell for me. All right. Thanks, Toby. See ya. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.